When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Today is Charlotte's birth story. Now, Charlotte is our first home birth mom from Ireland that we've spoken to. So that was really exciting for us. We love to hear the perspective of birth in general, especially home birth from all across the world because rules, regulations, laws, and and methods are so different. Um, So we thought it varied just a lot in the States, which it does, but then, you know, go to another country and it's, it's a whole different game. And Charlotte has not been a big fan of hospitals for most of her life because get this, she was actually born at home. It's the first home birth mom that we've spoken to who was herself born at home. So that was really exciting for us. And another cool thing, you know, hearing about other cultures and perspectives, Charlotte and her husband live in a shared house. So community has played a really big role in their journey to home birth, their pregnancy, and and their parenthood. So we were super fascinated by that. And we learned all kinds of other new stuff from her. She really opened our minds to a lot of different things like uh, gadgets and things that they used during her home birth that we had never heard before. So I'm not going to get into that because she's going to explain it. So let's listen in. Hi, Charlotte. How are you? Hi, Sarah. I'm good. I'm good. Awesome. Thank you so much, Charlotte, for hanging out with us on the Doing It at Home podcast. We are super excited to just chat with you and and hear your home birth story. So thank you. Oh, thank you. So, Charlotte, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Um, Well, my name is Charlotte. Um, I currently live in Dublin, Ireland. Um, and my family is yeah, still quite small. So uh, Isaac was my is my first, um, and I had it with my husband Max. So yeah, um, yeah, we live in the city Dublin city centre, um, and we live in a shared house. So we have two other housemates that we live with, um, which has been great. <laughs> um, and yeah, beautiful. And how old is baby Isa? She is six weeks old now. <laughs> six weeks that's awesome yeah <laughs> yeah what's her new her new trick right now or what's the new thing that she's um exhibiting as far as development and uh, well she's just kind of started smiling in the last like Aww. couple of days so that's that's pretty magical yes <laughs> yeah. yes it makes yeah that's amazing that is super magical <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> So tell us about your your pregnancy journey and an experience. When you got pregnant, did you know you would be doing home birth? Is that something you had planned or more so kind of came into as you researched and looked into what your options were? Yeah, I think it was definitely something that I kind of always thought about and always wanted. Um, I mean, I was born at home and two oh. of my aunties both had their kids at home. Wow, that's um, awesome. So yeah, yeah. So for me, I kind of, I don't know, I'm not a fan of hospitals and 
kind of, you know, sometimes my experience with doctors haven't been great. So I was kind of like, I, I trust that I can have a baby at home. And, you know, I I think going into a hospital, I feel like I would have like tensed up and kind of been a bit more on edge. Whereas if you're at home, you can relax and you can do your own thing. And yeah, I think it, it just kind of suited my personality and the way I wanted things to go. So yeah, so it was something that I'd always thought about and it was something that I, when I found out I was pregnant, um, I got onto it straight away because in Ireland it's there's only a few midwives that do the home birth, so we have to be kind of kind of quick to, to get one, otherwise their time kind of fills up. Oh wow! Um, so so from very early on, I was yeah, I was looking into the home birth. <laughs> wow. Okay, so you were born at home. Yeah, yeah, I was born at home. Yeah. How? you know how was that for you when you became aware of that when you were young did you think anything of it or when you shared it with you know peers was there any response or feedback to that that you were born at home um I suppose people were always kind of a bit shocked because like I don't know nobody else none of my other mates were born at home Mm -hmm. um so I always really liked the fact that I was born at home I always thought it was kind of like a cool story and like um my mother had a very like fast and you know kind of good delivery with me when she was at home um so yeah I always yeah and as well like my dad continued living in the house that I was born in up until quite recently so he'd always you know oh, tell wow. me the stories and be like this is the mattress that you were born on and, uh, <laughs> it was just really like a cool connection you know yeah. yeah wow so then when you did make the decision to to plan your own home birth I would imagine you mm-hmm. got a lot of family support then yeah no definitely for my own family they were all just like yeah of course it was very it's more normalized within my family mm-hmm. um but kind of from, yeah, like other people outside of my close close family, they were a bit like, oh, really, a home birth? You know, it's not really dangerous. And like, you know, for your first, surely you should go to the hospital. And um, they kind of, there was a lot of kind of doubt, yeah, put into my mind a bit and being like, well, maybe I'm not doing the right thing. It is my first baby. Like, can I do this? Um, so for me, it was it was really important to, to hear positive stories about home births, especially about first-time moms having their babies at home. Um, because even one of the midwives that I spoke to at the start, she was like, oh, it's your first baby, you'll probably end up transferring. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, so it was really good. I, I ended up connecting with um, a lady who lives very close to me here, um, and she had had her first baby at home in the water, and she was like, no, you can totally do it. Like, don't worry about it. You know, they're just, you know, there is some statistics that if you're a first-time mom, you're slightly, have a higher chance of transferring to the hospital, but, you know, that's, that's a statistic that's not you so you can definitely do it so um you know getting those hearing those positive stories definitely helped in building myself up and saying well yes I can do this and if you're scared at all yeah you just need to be able to overcome that and um that'll make your birth a lot easier I think if you're yeah if you go in strong and with a yeah a Mm -hmm. positive mindset as well yeah and how was uh Max in the process and in his what was his response yeah, he was really, really supportive. I suppose he had had, like, not really any experience with babies or with birth uh, prior to my pregnancy. Um, so for him, it was a complete learning curve. But he was always, yeah, really involved. And he kind of watched a lot of documentaries um, about home births. And, yeah, just kind of really educated himself on it. Um, and he read, yeah, anime's yeah, Guide to Childbirth, mm. um, which I think was really good for him to read about all the different birth stories and how birth can go and... You know, birth isn't always pretty, <laughs> so um, <laughs> it was good for him to hear that, yeah, there can be, you know, women do make noise and there is a lot of blood and guts and, you know, 
um, all those things that can happen. So, yeah, he was really good and very supportive and definitely, yeah, got educated about it all. So That's awesome. Uh, I mean, I can, I can totally relate with Max because I didn't have barely any experience with babies um, or pregnant women before before we became pregnant. So it was a whole, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of learning for me to do. And unlike Max, which is really great for you, Unlike Max, I wasn't 100% sold on home birth. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it took me a little while yeah. just to, you know, just to do my research, and I think I just had those fears, mm. you know, those those same yeah. fears that your that your your friends and and people around you were kind of presenting. So, um, what yeah. what did you do besides um, hear different stories? What did you do to to work through those fears or work through any um, anxieties that came up for you early on? Uh, while you were, you know, preparing for your home birth? Um, what did I do? I, suppose I I do a lot of yoga. So I would, yeah, I would go to yoga almost never, probably four or five times a week. Um, and that really helped to calm myself down. I think it really was, yeah, getting myself organized, getting myself ready and to keep keep learning about, you know, the different types of birth that can happen. Um and also having myself prepared that, right, right, I'm going to try for the home birth and that's what we're going to, you know, we're going to have everything organized for that, but I'm also going to have my hospital bag packed and I'm fine mm. if I have to go to the hospital, you know. I didn't want to be stressed about, like, I don't want to go in and, mm. you know, not being ready for that. If that was going to happen, I suppose I learned about, you know, what happens if I do have to have an epidural or if I do have to have a C-section or mm. just being aware of all the options. I think that really helped to kind of keep me level-headed and yeah take away all those fears because it's fine if you end up going to the hospital there's nothing wrong with that either you know yeah um and if yeah the more relaxed you are in your, in your birth the easier it's, it's it's going to be so i think being prepared for all eventualities it probably was what yeah helped keep me yeah keep me calm i love that perspective i think there's this balance to be struck between being prepared and realistic and understanding of the possibilities and yet also not fixating on what you don't want to happen. You know, not putting exactly. out that energy yeah. of I, I can't go to the hospital or I don't want to do that. Just staying in this nice space of, like you said, open to what will be and it's it's okay. You know, it's okay. Exactly, yeah. And just as, as well, another thing that really helped was knowing that I had a very good relationship with my midwife and she, you know, went through all the possibilities with me and I had a very good birth partner in, with my husband, Max. So I think knowing that those two people who were really on my side and they knew what I did want and, you know, they knew how to keep me calm and what to do with me and if I did get stressed out, knowing that those two people were going to be there with me during the birth was another thing that was, you know, a huge, a huge help. Mm-hmm. Now, could you share a little bit of that process of selecting your midwife and what your your prenatal care and that process was like? Because, you know, we were talking before we got on this interview about the difference of birth all around the world and, and the, the pathways mm-hmm. to home birth, as, as you called it. Um, what was that yeah. for you, you know, specifically in Ireland? What's that like? Yeah, well, so it's, I'm, I'm very lucky that I, I live in Dublin, which is the city center of Ireland. So, um, it's probably easier to organize a home birth in Dublin than it is in the countryside where there's, you know, much more limited hospitals, much more limited midwives. Um, so for me, the, in Dublin, there's a few, there's one hospital that does a, a home birth scheme. So if you live within that catchment area, you can have a home birth through the hospital, which is great. Um, but I'm not actually in that catchment area. So for me, I had to hire a private midwife. Um, but she her fees and everything was covered by the HSC, which is our uh, 
kind of government to, um, healthcare program. Wow. So I didn't cost, great. it didn't cost me anything. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Was, you know, we were very lucky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my face. I wish you could see my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it's crazy. Though. Like so many people don't know that that's an option. Most people think that either go through the hospital or you hire a completely private midwife and you know that costs about five or six thousand mm-hmm. um they don't realize that the our government will actually cover the costs um so even like my gp was like really is that an option and like we have community midwives and they were like really i'd never heard of that scheme before mm. um so i think yeah like i've been telling everybody about it i'm just letting people know that it's an option in ireland because yeah people just aren't aware of it it's a very yeah Okay. I think it's quite it's quite new, and especially for first-time moms as well, to be allowed to have a home birth. Um, I think up until a few years ago, it had to be your second or third baby. So, oh, yeah, I feel very lucky that those options were available to me. And it was very kind of, for me, it seems like it was quite an easy pathway. I just had to, there's a website, and you have to just phone up. There's a list of all the local midwives in Dublin. Um, and I just phoned up a few and had a chat with a few of them. And then, to be honest, most of them weren't able to take me on because they're so busy oh. um so there was one lady who was able to take me on and I was like great and yeah she came over for a chat just to see if we were a good fit and yeah she was amazing from the first go so um yeah so I was delighted to have her and how it works here is they take you on from basically like yeah I think it was like eight weeks Um, you start you have your first visit with your midwife and then they they kind of do combined care with your GP so mm. every I think it's, I can't remember exactly, but like you see, it's once a month you either have a visit with your midwife or your GP, um, and then closer to your birth, it's every week that they see you. So, um, it's nice. it's great care. I mean, you get a proper they, the midwife comes out to your house and has a proper chat with you for like two hours basically each time, um, and yeah, and you get to work together and you know, form your kind of birth plan and yeah, this this was that I think that relationship with your midwife is is so important. So yeah, yeah, so it was great. Totally agree. So what does GP stand for? General practitioner. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're a doctor. <laughs> okay. General practitioner. General practitioner. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, what I was thinking. Exactly. I was just yeah. like, just want to make sure. So so you worked with a general practitioner and a midwife. So they kind of, you would like swap back and forth with the different um, appointments? Yeah, exactly. That was it. Oh, yeah. wow, that's interesting. Yeah. And then obviously for over here, we have a scan at three months and a scan at 20 weeks okay yeah um so for that i went into my hospital so you have to be registered with a hospital as well just in the off chance that you might end up transferring into right. hospital. so okay yeah that makes so sense. that's good so you, you you're yeah you're and all we also get um like prenatal classes and stuff and they're all in the hospital um which wow. the classes are good they taught you about like yeah you meet up for like physios and stuff and they go through the different stages you meet up with the midwives um so at least you're familiar with the hospital and you don't feel like it's an alien place if you do end up transferring in the middle of labor. So, mm. yeah. That's really, um, I, I'm, I'm kind of like super interested and kind of taken aback with how much uh, interaction there is between the hospitals and the, and the, the midwife groups. Uh, it was just very mm. different from what, what Sarah and I experienced here. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, wow, go Ireland. That's, yeah. that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's still, I mean, like, the hospital would still be like, you'd say it to some of the, the doctors, and then they'd be like, really, your home birth is not mm, safe. And, yeah. and okay. even my GP was very, like, you know, after I'd had the baby, I went in for um, a checkup, and she was like, oh, I wasn't I wasn't really for this home birth that you were doing, but I didn't want to say it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there still is this kind of 
taboo around home birth and mm-hmm. it's it's not seen as the safest thing. Um, but that is changing. There's big kind of movements at the moment in Ireland and people are, you know, speaking a lot more about home births and people are becoming more aware that it's an option. And right. I mean, the statistics are there to show that it's just as safe as having a baby in hospital um, and you have much less chance of having an intervention, which is so important on your first labour, you know. Oh, yeah. Because um, Ireland has crazy high uh, C-section rates. I think it's up to like 33% now. Mm. Um which is shocking, you know, mm-hmm. um, and obviously there's a lot of reasons for that, but a lot of it is, yeah, kind of, yeah, medical intervention when it's maybe not necessarily um, needed. Um, I know like different hospitals have different regulations about, you know, when you go in, you have 12 hours for your labor to progress. Otherwise you're going to be given, you know, um, you're going to be induced, you're going to be given Pitocin. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the knock on effects of Pitocin and, you know, so, there's yeah wow there's a, there's a there's a lot going on but people are becoming more aware of the importance of a natural labor i think so mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean what what you just described sounds familiar yes the type, the type of thing that we yeah. experience and um similar to a lot of the stories that we that we hear through this podcast mm-hmm. so uh, yeah you know I, I think that it's just people becoming educated and and like you said, the mm-hmm. natural labor and letting the body do what the body is designed to do. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. it, it would be fantastic that when our kids are, you know, when our daughters are, are thinking about having a family and starting a family, that um, home birth is mm-hmm. more accepted. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be, that'd yeah, be great. definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I think like, I feel very lucky that, like, I'm almost, yeah, not many of my mates have had babies yet, but... Mm-hmm. um. I feel it feels great now that I can say to them, "Well, look, I had a home birth. Like, would you think about it?" And a lot of them yeah. have said to me, "Like, this is amazing. I never would have considered it before, but the fact you were able to do it, and you know, you seem so, you know, healthy and fit and able after, and had a much shorter recovery, and you know, the care that I received was amazing from my midwife. You know, and mm-hmm. um, so it's it's nice to be able to, you know, spread my story and you know, kind of encourage other people to just consider it even, you know, and look into it and yeah, become." educated on it i suppose so yeah yeah that's awesome you're yeah. you're inspiring folks and uh you're definitely inspiring listeners right now mm-hmm. so your, your, your story <laughs> is, is being uh, spread even further than uh than than your community yeah yeah it's amazing <laughs> so tell us about birthday yes what um <laughs> what was going on when I you realized it. you know okay we're, we're probably gonna have a baby arrival soon yeah um i think it was I suppose maybe like two days before she was she came, I had kind of started to kind of feel more. I had a lot of Braxton Hicks leading up, um, but they kind of started to change a little bit and get a little bit more intense. Um, and they always start at nighttime mm-hmm. when your oxytocin is kind of higher. So every night I kind of went to bed like, oh, is this it? Is this happening? <laughs> um, but I always I always fell asleep. Um, and then on the morning of the 30th, which is when she was born, um, I woke up and I had a bloody show. Um, and I, I rang my midwife straight away. I was like, oh, is this it? Is this going to, you know, is she coming today? And she was like, no, you can have a bloody show, like, you know, two weeks before the baby comes. So, you know, don't don't get too excited just yet. Um, and then, yeah, I think it was around 11 a.m. in the morning. I started to feel contractions and I was like, and they started kind of to pick up a little bit. Um, and my midwife said to call her back if they were the rule, like one minute long, five minutes apart for one hour kind of thing. Um 
so around 12 o'clock they were they were doing that so I yeah I gave her a ring and she said she'd come out to us you know in the next hour or so um, and they weren't yeah the, the contractions were very kind of manageable and I was still kind of able to walk around and you know eat food in between and mm-hmm. you know have a conversation and everything so um, and one thing that I put on I think almost straight away was a TENS machine do you guys use TENS over in the States? No, no, I'm not familiar with it. What is that? No, it's like a little kind of electronic um, device, basically that you like, that give off little electrical pulses. So a lot of people use them for like back pain and stuff, but in Ireland we use them during labor. Oh, wow. So you put on, there's like four kind of ele- yeah, electrical kind of pads that you put onto your back. Um, and it's on constantly, you have this little pulse, and then when you have a contraction, you press the button and it gives like a continuous kind of um, electrical buzz. And it blocks some of the uh, yeah pain receptors along your spine, so you don't feel quite so much of the pain. Um, so it's kind of yeah, it's kind of it's, it's non-intrusive. It's just a little electrical pulse. So um, a lot of people use them over here, which yeah, which I found really really helpful. Huh. Wow, I never so, heard of that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, they're good. So um, yeah, so I had that on from like yeah, probably almost yeah around twelve o'clock. Um, and then, yeah, my midwife arrived around 2 p.m. And, yeah, she just kind of observed me for about an hour or so, I think. And we had some lunch and, um, yeah, just kind of tried to relax. I think every time I had a contraction, me and Max would kind of, I, we would stand up and we'd kind of like rock from side to side and breathe through it. We had this kind of little routine going the whole time. Mm. Um, and then around 3 o'clock, my midwife wanted to check me, so she checked me. And I was only two to three centimeters dilated, so it was a bit like. But it was early days, so I was like, "It's fine, you know. Things are things are moving anyway." Um, and my midwife kept telling me that, you know, the best thing you can do is go up and sit in the toilet mm. <laughs> and to get things moving. So yeah, and every time I would do that, you would feel the contractions getting a little bit more intense, and mm-hmm. you know, things things moving, I suppose. Um, so I did that quite a few times, and then it was around. 6 p.m. we had a birth pool so um my husband started to fill up the birth pool mm. um which was yeah it was much quicker than I thought it would be I thought it would take a lot longer and um, it took about 45 minutes or so to fill it up um and yeah I think my yeah my midwife kind of had it but that was my goal she's like if you keep you need to get through all these contractions and then you have you know you have the birth pool to get into so that kept me going up until around 7 p.m. Um, and then, yeah, I got into the birth pool, and it was it was amazing. It was like, the nicest thing ever to finally get into the water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was such a relief. <laughs> yeah, it was really nice. Um, and I was in it for about an hour, and then we would have said, okay, at 8 p.m., I want to check you again. So I got out, and, yeah, it was not so nice being out of the pool, but, uh, yeah, she checked me. And I was only four to five centimeters which is a little bit disheartening at the time. I was like, yeah. oh, no, I, mean, I, I don't know if I can do this for that much longer. Like mm-hmm. I've been doing this for so long already. I four or five, that's not even halfway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it seemed to be then she told me after I got checked, she was like, right, go up to the bathroom again and, you know, have a few contractions on the toilet and see if that gets things moving. Um, and it, it seemed like that was just kind of a turning point. I remember they just kind of almost, they just got so much more intense and, I came back down and I got back into the pool and then the contractions started coming almost kind of back to back. I don't really remember having that much of a break anymore. Mm. Um, so things really, really picked up. Um, and then 
I think, yeah, I definitely, I think I cried a bit as well during this time. I don't know if it was kind of a transitional kind of stage, but it was definitely got a lot more emotional. And I, I was so grateful that, you know, Max was there and I kind of, I remember like kind of like nudging, nuggling into his, into his shoulder and kind of, yeah, having, having a bit of a cry. <laughs> um, and then I remember saying as well, like, I, I don't know how much longer I can do this. This is getting really hard. Um, but you kind of, you know, things, your body just starts moving by itself. Right? Mm. The things start shifting and you, all you can do is go with it. You, like, the, if you, you can't, you can't even try to resist it because it just, your body just does its own thing. And around 9 p.m., um, my mother said, look, okay, you, you know, you can, do you want to use the gas and air? Because we had some gas and air in the house as well. Um, and I was like, yes, please. <laughs> I, was, I was feeling that I really needed it at that stage. What, what was it that, almost, you, that, that she recommended? Uh, the gas and air. What is that? Do you have gas and air in the States? Um, no, I don't kinda think like, so. It's like la- laughing, laughing gas. Oh, oh Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know what the technical it, name is. It. I don't think we had it, but I think I've heard of it used in other really? instances. Ah, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't. It has a really, really short uh, lifespan. So, right. it only really works whilst you're breathing it. Right. Um, and it just kind of takes the edge off. You can still like feel everything. You're still completely there, but it kind of you don't mind so much about the pain and it just makes you relax a lot. Yeah. Um, Especially at that stage, so, you know, you're pretty tired. You've, you've been through a lot, you know, I can't, yeah, I exactly. get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I found that really, really helpful. And I was around, I think I only, yeah, I had a few push on the gas and air and then I felt like I needed to push, like I had an urge to push. Um, I mean, my wife was great. She was like, to try to just listen to your body. If your body's telling you to push, just push a little bit and see what happens. Um, so I think from around, yeah, quarter past nine or so, I started to, kind of at the end of a contraction, I'd feel the urge to push a little bit. Um, I was doing that for about an hour or so, up until about, yeah, just about quarter past ten or so. Um, and then my mother said that I started to properly push. So I think I was properly pushing for about an hour. Um, I remember thinking, like, this is this is so hard. Like, <sighs> this is taking so long. Um because in I don't know I feel like in the movies they do like one or two pushes and then the baby's out. <laughs> yeah, for me yeah. it was yeah it was like forty five minutes of really strong intense pushing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, like I remember as well when she was crowning, I remember like feeling and I remember like saying to the midwife like if something is going on down there, everything it feels like it's going to rip. Like what mm-hmm. is happening? And my mother was just like, everything's fine. All you can do is just push through it. Like, you know, you just have to put all that that anger and everything in into the pushes, you know, put mm-hmm. it into it, yeah, getting your baby out. Um, so, yeah, it's that that was a crazy feeling to be, yeah, able to feel kind of her head coming out and feeling everything move around you. Oh, um, wow. And, yeah, so around, yeah, it was at quarter past 11 then she she was born, which was such such a relief. <laughs> it was, wow. yeah. It was amazing. So she was born in the water. Um, okay. And the, the midwife said, yeah, my, my my waters only broke, I think, about 10 minutes before she was born. Mm. So so she was coming down. I think she's, the nurse said that's probably why she was taking a bit longer to come down. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was also born with her hand up by her face. So she came out, yeah. Yeah. With yeah. Her ha- <laughs> that's how Maya was born as well. She had her, 
her really? left hand up by her her head, and yeah. so um, I think yeah. that contributed to the little tear I had. So I'll remind her about that every once in a while over the next couple of years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, so so, so she... yeah, I remember said like. Mm-hmm. She was saying that, yeah, because she was always tracking um, Isa's heartbeat the whole way through the, the the birth, and she said her heart rate never changed oh, wow. the whole way through because she was still in her bag of waters. Mm-hmm. So oh. usually their heart rate drop a little bit during a contraction because of the pressure, but she said that, yeah, she was the same the whole way through because she was, she was just very relaxed and still in her own little little bag of water is coming down so and then she got to come through the water so did she when you pushed her out did she kind of like gently slowly like float to the top or did you just pull her out how did how did that transition um occur um my my midwife kind of caught it because i was kind of leaning over the side of the pool at the time um so my midwife just yeah reached in and and got her and passed her under my leg Mm. and i sat back and yeah put it straight onto my chest so mm. and she, she didn't she didn't cry for the first I think maybe five or ten minutes she was just yeah silently there which is pretty amazing mm-hmm. wow and so it was you Max and your midwife was anyone else there yeah it was yeah me Max and the midwife when the baby first came out and then there was a second midwife who has to be there um just for the last bit of the of the birth so but she was in the kitchen at the time so she just she just came in after the baby was born um, and then my two housemates as well came in. They were all outside kind of waiting patiently for the baby to be there. So they came in just a few minutes or so after she was born. Um, so, so yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty amazing. It was it's funny. My, my husband, Max, he recorded some of the birth. Um, so it's been quite funny to, to listen back to how I was straight after it. Cause you're kind of in this, I don't, you're just in a completely different world. You're just in this bubble kind of. Um, so, on the recording all i'm able to say after she comes out is like oh what's a baby look at the baby <laughs> i'm just like yeah and i say her name which is really funny i say are you baby isa oh um, so yeah <laughs> wow yeah. that's you know i was wondering too before you mentioned how everyone came back into the scene i was like what are the 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 roommates doing you know what were you know yeah. what are they doing you know like oh there's a baby happening in our house you know <laughs> yeah no, they were they were great the whole way through. They were helping to like bring hot water in and stuff to fill up the pool and Aww. um to help bring us bring us snacks and stuff. I, I yeah. snacked on a lot of like, you know, dates and smoothies. They were yeah, they were great during the labor. Mm. Um that's one thing I'd say to people, yeah, who are yeah, about to have a baby is make sure you're have food on hand that you like mm-hmm. eating. Yeah. Um my mother said that like honey is a really good thing. Just things that are like kind of sugary and like that you can that get energy. a bit of energy from. Yeah. Because it's, it's a, well, my labor was 12 hours, so it's a long time to be without food. <laughs> yes. Know? You need to eat something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So where was the birth pool located? Was it in your bedroom? Was it in uh, a living room? Where was it? Um, It was in our, in our sitting room, in our living room. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Was, it was, yeah, it was, it was so nice. It's like being in your own environment and oh, yeah. you can have the room set up the way you want. And we had... My midwife had essential oils and stuff burning, and um, so yeah, and we had our own music on, and you know, it was just, it was just very nice to be in familiar surroundings. Um, yeah, it made me a lot more relaxed, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. And then in those first couple of hours uh, after Isa arrived, what was going on? What were you all doing? Um, the first, I mean, she was born at eleven. And my midwife stayed with me until about half two um, that morning. 
So she was there for another, yeah, three and a half hours after the baby was born. So, mm. uh, so we, we got out of the pool. Oh, no, I delivered the placenta in the pool. Um, and she was still attached until the placenta came out. And then, yeah, Max cut the cord and everything. And, yeah, and then I think the, the midwives helped me get out of the pool. And I lay down on the couch and I had a few tears. Um, so my midwife was able to she gave me general anaesthetic, um, a local anaesthetic, mm-hmm. and then she was able to stitch me up, basically just lying on the couch, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to go anywhere. Um, and they helped me get the baby to latch and help start breastfeeding. And then one of the midwives took me upstairs and got me showered and washed and put me into bed. And then they bound the baby up and did all her little checks and everything. Um, and got her dressed and put her in the bed beside me. And, and then, yeah, they left us just breastfeeding. So it was about yeah, half two in the morning. So they left us in bed breastfeeding. It was, yeah, you got, you got a lot of very, very good care from the midwives. Mm. Um, and they like, they tidied up downstairs. Everything was kind of all sorted by the time I woke up in the morning. So, um, yeah, it was a lovely, a lovely first night. It was a little bit, nerve-wracking as well as having a newborn oh i bet um, yeah <laughs> we can understand yeah you're kind of yeah you don't really sleep i think for that first night you're kind of you have one eye open the whole time like wondering is your baby okay yeah we um, we sat in our bed looking at each other not knowing what to do and we literally <laughs> pulled out our phones and googled how to sleep <laughs> with a newborn the first night yeah. <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> yeah it is. It is such a strange thing, and especially for me as the woman, I was kind of, I kind of just had to lie in bed. I couldn't really do very much. You're so drained of energy after having a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I was amazed because my husband, he'd never had any experience with babies before, and he, for some reason, just was so natural and so able to do everything with mm-hmm. our baby. He was able to change her and, like, you know, yeah, pick her up fine, and like he was just, it's like, yeah, his intuition just kind of kicked in, and he knew how yeah. to do everything with her. Um, which is which is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Nice job, Max. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's beautiful. Um, I'm curious for for listeners, you know, planning their own home birth experience. What's something when you look back on the experience? Is there anything now or for another time around? Should you choose to to have more children that you would do differently or do more of? You know, what what sort of thing would you alter or modify um i'm not really sure i feel like i had planned to do to do more in my birth and we're like writing out like oh when i'm in the early stages of labor i'll like go for a walk or i'll try and like cook a meal or Mm -hmm. you know i had all my yoga breathing ready and my like you know yoga postures to kind of help me through the contractions and um i I didn't end up using a lot of it but it was nice to know that all that stuff was in the back of my mind Mm -hmm. um the one thing it just I feel like your body just takes over and you just have to go with it. Yeah. I don't think there's really much more you can do. And I think if you're just really accepting of that and like you just have to let go of any plans that you kind of did have or any, especially for your first baby, you have no idea what it's going to feel like. You you know, people can try to tell you what it's going to be like, but it's and it's probably unique for everybody anyway. So yeah. I think just being really accepting and just, you know, being really prepared to just let go and try and relax. Relaxing is the main thing. I mean, yeah, you just need every body, every muscle in your body to just to just let go. Mm. Um, and definitely, if anybody is planning a home birth, like I think for me, the water really helped. Um, that was amazing for me. I know for some people, maybe it, it wouldn't be the same, but 
the water and sitting on the toilet <laughs> was great. Mm-hmm. The def- definitely got things moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and also having having really good support. I mean, having a good relationship with your midwife and having a really good birth partner. And I found even just having the other two housemates here as well was great. I mean, they were able to make food for us and help fill up the pool. And, you know, they were a little bit more detached from it. So, you know, they were a very calming influence to have around, I suppose. So, yeah, definitely having having the support is, is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Having like that, that team of people who can help out and just allow you to yeah. be fully present and, and do what, what you're doing, what you're, what you were yeah. perfectly made to do. Exactly. Exactly. And so just having no, having familiar people around as well, I think it's very important, you know, mm. and, you know, for people just to leave you to it. I mean, I, I don't remember really getting any like coaching or anything or I didn't want to, you know, when you're really in the height of your labor, you don't really want to talk to people. You're kind of just in your own little bubble. Yeah. Um. So having a peaceful environment to do that in, I think, is is very important. It's it's almost like animal instinct to go into, you know, go into your little corner and just kind of, you know, let things, yeah, take over. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow, Charlotte, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited for this to get out to all the Dubliners. Is that an accurate, yeah. is that an accurate term, Dubliners? Yeah, um, yeah, Dubliners. Cool, cool. Yes. Um, to just show them, like you said, what their options are. You know, as you mentioned earlier, some women, families don't even know the, the steps that they can go through to have an experience like you did. And so you're just such a great example of, you know, seeing what may be on the surface level as the possibility and be brave and bold enough and and uh, trust yourself enough to think, mm, but I'm going to go a little bit further. I'm going to peel it back a little bit more to see what else there is and, and look at what it came to. Like, look what the end result is. You have this beautiful birth story to share and, and a magical little human now in your life yeah. um, who's <laughs> yeah. able to come into the world exactly how you know, you came into the world and, you know, you wanted to continue that that experience. Yeah. Yeah, no, it really was like it was. Yeah, it's the most amazing thing that you'll ever do, and it is, it is such an empowering thing to give birth, you know. But I can see how it can be a very, you know, disempowering thing if you're mm-hmm. if you don't feel like you had control over it. If you're in a in an environment that you're not happy with, so I think yeah, I'm, I feel very lucky and very privileged to have had the, the positive birth story that I I have had. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, um, we are we are super grateful to you. Um, Charlotte, just for sharing your birth story and and uh, for being no. so candid and um, courageous and and I you know like Sarah said we're very excited for folks to hear this episode and um, I mean everything about your story was beautiful and uh, yeah, well, thank you so much for having me it's, yeah it's nice to relive it all and talk about it all again so. yeah. <laughs> Yes. Well, give our love to Isa and to Max and to your roommates. Yes. Who get honorary, honorary badges of, of um, well done for helping out with the birth. <laughs> yeah. Great. That's awesome. Well, Isa, or excuse me, Charlotte. I'm about to call you Isa. Charlotte, <laughs> thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, we appreciate you. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. And um, yeah, we'll see to you soon. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, 
why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% data-approved, Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.